Welcome to Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your co-host, Jamar Nelson. I'm your other co-host, A.K. Kamar. Well, thank God you didn't say host today. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, hog me damn hey, thing. man, I just wanted to catch you slipping, dog. I don't never slip. Dude. <laughs> I don't ever slip. Now. I used to be in a game. You can't get caught slipping. No, you can't slip if you're in a game? No, if you get caught slipping and you slip, then you're slipping, as uh, Dr. Dre said, damn it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. No. Well, welcome, though. Yeah, man. Welcome, welcome, bro. It's been, a, um, been crazy. It has been, been crazy. Been, been crazy. But before we do any of that, we've got to thank some sponsors around here. Yeah, man. I mean, um, you know, we we always uh, want to make sure that to help, you know, throw out the people that are helping support our show. Um, we actually brought on a new sponsor, man. Brought on a new sponsor. Brand and new. Brand new, brand new. Um, you know, the show, we want to focus on issues in the black community, right? So it's important for us. And this specific sponsor um, that I approached is a young, young brother. He's actually a year older than me. Um, but uh, he he's had a shop opened up, and it's called Just Imagine. So if you're in St. Paul and you're looking for the newest, freshest urban streetwear clothing for both men and women, why don't you stop over at his shop, 991 Payne Avenue. He's got Frost Originals. He's got McCoby. He's got George V. Paris, NBA Youngboy, Billion Dollar Baby Clothing. Just make sure to stop by there, and if you go online and you find Just Imagine, um, if you subscribe on the website, which it's justimagine651.com, there's a referral code, and if you put in BRBD, you'll be able to get 10% off your order. But again, uh, this is a, a new sponsor, a great dude. He's got great fly clothing. Um, I, I'm not necessarily in that realm. I don't, no. I don't wear the, no. the urban no. streetwear clothing, but if you do, you are not. make sure to stop by 991 Payne Avenue in St. Paul. Just imagine. Just imagine. No, and, and honestly, just imagine if um, our supporters go out and support the, our sponsors. You know, um, it's important. You know, these are uh, emerging small businesses, like you know we are, and, and that's the heart and soul of what makes uh, uh, America go round is small businesses, especially those that are owned and operated by uh, black and minorities. Yeah, absolutely, man. And then after that, what? If, if you're feeling feeling a little hungry, oh well, you should eat sometime. You gotta eat sometime. And you ain't missing no time. meals. Well, I'm on keto diet, <laughs> but if I wasn't, if I need to get me some uh, some of that good good egg rolls, where would I go? You would go to the egg roll queen. Egg roll queen. The egg roll queen. So what's so good about egg roll queen? Well, they do specialty egg rolls, and even perhaps your keto. My keto. Somebody. I, I don't know if they do yeah, whatever, keto. Yeah. I mean, that'd be amazing if they did, but. Uh, the egg rolls are gigantic. They man. are really big. And this dude's got pretty big hands. Like, and they huge. fill his whole hands. He can't hold it with just one. He has to eat it with both of them. They got normal egg rolls, you know, what you would call more traditional, but you can do specialty egg rolls. That's right. Dessert egg rolls and everything. The egg roll queen. And then after that, you're thirsty. You got to run down the corner store. Which corner store are you going to run to? You're going to run to the Weber Mart. The what? The Weber Mart. The Weber Mart. You might need some six, some yep. Lucy's. Some Lucy's? <laughs> <laughs> some diapers? Some purple drink? <laughs> <laughs> you head down to the Weber Mart. You head down to the Weber Mart. Yeah, man. So uh, after, you know, you're done watching the show and you're like, how can I support black Republican, black Democrat? Because you really should be supporting us. You should be. You know. If you like what we do and you think that we produce a quality product, you think it's entertaining, please head over to patreon.com forward slash BRBD um, and, and make a, a contribution. What is it? Patreon.com forward slash BR. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> yeah, write that down. Um, and, and what we want to be able to do is as we get people that are contributing, we want to be able to make content specific to the folks that help contribute to us. Um, and it's going to be huge. So we would appreciate heading over to Patreon, uh, becoming a donor, uh, subscribing to our content, and then sharing this information with everybody else. Now, wait, wait. That's Patreon. Wait, wait. Patreon.com. Slash BRBD forward slash BRBD. So, well, wait a minute. So, what did tell me it again? Say it again. I gotta write it right then. Patreon.com forward slash BRBD. Okay. okay. Um, one last thing, too, is, is as you guys watch this, we appreciate so much um, commenting, getting interactive. Um, make sure that you guys smash that share button so other folks can see, can join in on the conversation. Please. At the end of uh, every episode, we always do address questions, comments that you have. And so we would appreciate you being interactive and being able to have a, a real dialogue with us. Yeah, absolutely. Please. We try to bring you great content. And if you are part of our Patreons, 
you can get some special content. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna BRBD. do uh, specific content for our subscribers. Uh, you know what, bro? Um, you know, I, I, I'm smiling um, tonight because I'm, you know, with you, and that's what we do when we use it together. You know, we make each other laugh. But I've got an extremely heavy heart, though, man. Um, we're at 68 murders in the city of Minneapolis. Yeah, 68 as of about two hours ago, we were about 68 murders. Uh, last night, I was at the scene of the 67th homicide in the city. Wow. Nice young man uh, that my nieces and nephews knew. Um, uh, had a clothing line and was obviously well-loved by a lot of people. And he lost his life uh, due to senseless violence. Uh, we're at a real fast pace, AK, to surpass... Uh, Murderapolis, what was dubbed Murderapolis back in 1995, when at about September 13th, there was about 74 murders. It's September f 15th, and we're at 68 murders. Do you think we'll surpass Murderapolis? I mean, I hope we don't, but at this pace, there's nothing to say that we're not going to, man. And, you know, there's just, there's so many different people's lives you know that are being impacted like you know just these people that have been in the community for a long time that have been trying to to stand up and 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 try and convince folks you know to try and change their way of living and, and change their way um you know have have that respect for life because that's you know that's the truth is when you take a life it's because you don't have that respect it might even be of your own life you know um, but it's, it's just hard to read these stories where there's folks that are you know, been active trying to to get out there with violence prevention, and their own personal lives are being impacted, and, and it's been happening. Like all these stories that are tied and connected to each other. You know, just e even you know yourself. You know, you you have personal connections with with a lot of different folks here. I I, I found this little clip that I want to show, um, uh, because when I seen it, it it kind of tugged on my heart, and it brings a little reality to what we're saying of the rapid rise in specifically gun crime. So um, it, you, you might have seen it already, but here's a little synopsis of how we're almost uh, at, the, at the doorstep of surpassing Murderapolis. Another tragedy. Another person dead. 1995 was a grim year in Minneapolis. A violent summer led to so many killings that the Hennepin County Medical Examiner ran out of body bags and had to ask for more money. That year eventually set a record for the most homicides the city has ever seen and spawned the infamous nickname Murderapolis. But when you directly compare, this year isn't that far off. There were 74 homicides by September 13, 1995. So far this year, there have been 66. Put recent homicide numbers on a graph and you can see how out of place this year and last year look. Homicides are up 12% from last year and it's more than double any of the 12 years before that. A recent in-depth Star Tribune report found 90% of gunfire reports come from just five neighborhoods in North Minneapolis and south of downtown. We just have to keep prayers and get these guns away from these babies. They think they're playing these games, thinking it's they can come back to life. It's not. It's not happening. It's not. It's not so. Twelve-year-old London Michael Bean was shot to death last week, joining Anaya Allen and Trinity Otterson Smith as the faces of innocence lost to gun violence in the city this year. None of those children's murders have been solved. And many city residents are asking, what will it take to turn this trend around? Turn these shooters in, please. Please turn these shooters in. Mm. Bro, bro it, it, it's, it's getting bad, man. And, and I know a lot of these families, you know, with a lot of the outside work that I do, you know, we've uh, sat with these families. And this is serious, man. I mean... Uh, again, the graph that we were that was just showing uh, the piece that was showing had sixty six murders. We're at sixty eight murders as of again at about uh, two hours ago was the last homicide that was done. And again, North Minneapolis, no South Minneapolis. I'm sorry. Um, and now you you're still thinking about trying to abolish the police. I, look, I understand you. You know, I got this gash on the side of my head where I've been uh, abused by the Minneapolis police, but. 
let's keep it real. Who wants a city full of vigilantes, right? Right. Uh, if you don't think that crimes are being solved, it's because you're shrinking the police department. Right. Dude, in this city, I don't know what do we got, 800,000. I don't know how many people. Made You've got 12 homicides investigators right now. So you tell me we're putting the onus on those 12 officers, investigators, to solve 68 murders. No. It is time to become proactive in ending this gun violence. All hands have to be on deck. We have to be serious about this. You've got to put politics aside. You've got to put color aside. This hits home. It's ruining our neighborhoods. Four kids are dead in a four month in, in a six month span. And we're talking about taking away the police. Let's talk, let's try some strong reform. I am not anti-police anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to be. Yeah. But I realized that if we put good officers on the street that reflect the neighborhoods in which they patrol, if we put serious uh, support behind a chief that wants to reform his department, it can happen. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, we talked about this before and we've had um, different folks that have came on and, and kind of thrown some, some ideas. But at this point, it's like, let's just see everything, right? Like put it all out on the table, bring, bring the people together, but just put aside, put aside the politics. And I know that's cliche. It's cliche to say to like, put aside the politics. But I think that the reality is, is that at, at the base of every person that's heavily involved in politics, we have our ideology, but then we have like our, our real life, our, our actual experience of what we're experiencing in, you know, as we go out and walk around and experience the world. And that, is what brings people together, right? That that common shared humanity. So when people say put your politics aside, it just means get together with your shared humanity and and stop worrying about if this is going to push your progressive agenda or if this is going to push your, you know, whatever your your police agenda. At the end of the day, you have to be able to come together to figure out what can we do and just throw the kitchen sink at it. I know that in St. Paul, um, Ramsey County Sheriff Bob Fletcher, um, you know, there was that the story of the. The, I think it was five kids under 16 and they were playing some game. They had a stolen car and two of the kids died in the car crash. The police were, I guess, really far behind. They weren't even like actively chasing them. They were following them. And this happened and, you know, he's kind of introduced that he wants to do some some real reforms because another part of this story, you know, when we're talking about these homicides and we're talking about all of these tensions, it's a lot of young kids, oh. right, that, that, are, that are part of doing these different aspects and it's like well what can we do with with the kids you know to try and figure out how do we stop this violence from occurring you know what type of programs are there um programs that work though yeah yeah, yeah, we've been throwing good money after bad behind programs that are not reforming these kids because we're not proactively worrying about the the city and the city council and they tend to think that old man winter is a crime deterrent it doesn't slow down crime it doesn't slow down gun violence carjacking i think up until about four years ago they weren't even taking car they wasn't they weren't even keeping carjacking stats it has grown astronomically it's at about it's two thousand percent it's grown bro there was a carjacking just last night by uh, a gunpoint this is serious it's affecting you if you think that it isn't going to uh get close to home think about it i hope it doesn't yeah but it crime gun violence is rearing its ugly head and it's 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 it, it doesn't matter your color it doesn't matter your party it is uh growing incredibly dangerous to walk some streets to patronize some restaurants, to drive down the street in, in nice cars without being carjacked. Enough is enough. We've all got to get together and do something about it, damn it. Amen, brother. Amen. Um, you know, kind of switching gears here a little bit. Uh, I kind of announced this last week. Um, there is a, a story that I've been following for a while that I have a personal connection to. Um, and I, you know, I would say... For the past like five years, I've always I've been interested in in narratives, right? And and anybody that follows me on Facebook knows that I talk about this idea of narratives, narratives. And it's whenever I see that there's a story that you know media apparatus, whether that's print media or news media, 
they'll kind of just start sharing this this narrative and I'll, I'll turn on this station and this station and read this article and read this article and it's almost like there's a specific push to a specific end so i've been interested in that um and in for me it doesn't even necessarily cut just conservative or liberal sometimes it's just you know corporate messaging and so the guest that we have today is someone that knows a little bit about um you know from the inside from that aspect um ivory hecker glad to have you on the show so thankful that you wanted to be able to join us um but i would you know just myself personally um i've just been so fascinated with your story where you know you're you know i knew when you were in the twin cities because you're in the twin cities and you were working for affiliate here um and then you moved out to houston and you, you joined um, another news crew down there, a different uh, um, network. And, you know, I've, I've been a fan of yours, kind of watching as you're doing stuff because I, I know kind of where your heart is on things. And, uh, you know, kind of everything kind of fell forward in the last two months. So why don't you kind of tell us about your journey and, and how things have kind of unfolded? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. It's great to see you again. We go way back. But yeah, yeah, when the national narrative became the local narrative with the pandemic, it became a pretty powerful narrative. And narrative news telling, this meta-narrative that forms, um, comes with a lot of peer pressure. And and the news people feel the pressure to stick with each each other's narrative. Um, If they cover news that doesn't fit everyone else's narrative, they get gossiped about and they get made to feel like they're in trouble. And so I think that's what happened in my case last year. Last year is when I was shocked at the corruption of my company. I worked for Fox 26 Houston. Uh, it it would have been just about four years. This would, would have been my four-year anniversary this month had I stayed with the company, but I left them abruptly in June. Um, so last year, I was covering COVID. Obviously, everyone was. And my bosses sent me to a hospital to cover the army medical team. Uh, The Department of Defense had sent some doctors down there to help fight COVID. And when I interviewed the doctor, chief of staff at that hospital, and he said that he was using the H word. Can I say it here? Yeah, you certainly can. Hydroxychloroquine. (laughs) He said he was using hydroxychloroquine and he was having success. Well, all hell broke loose. Uh, I got gossiped about. um, The gossip sites made it seem that I was I was pushing this drug through my own bias, and um, I had like found found a doctor to push my agenda and all this gossip that wasn't true. My bosses had sent me there. I had no clue what the doctor's protocol was when I went there. Anyway, so Fox seemed to succumb to the peer pressure and say, Ivory, we're going to discipline you very harshly because you're all over the gossip sites. And I was like, really? You're going to succumb to some petty gossip that our viewers don't even read when it's the truth. All this doctor said is the truth that he's he's prescribing this this drug. And by the way, when I followed up and did research, the death rate at his hospital was dramatically lower than the death rate at other hospitals. The national death rate, if you get sick enough with COVID that you go to the hospital, it, it, throughout 2020, hospitalized COVID death rate was 20%. So you have a 20% chance of dying once you're hospitalized with COVID. At his hospital, up until that point, it was, uh, I believe it was 4.4%. 4% death rate compared to 20%, that's dramatically lower. But he was using a, a list of drugs and I had I put it all out there, all, everything he was using, I, not just drugs, but his whole protocol. Yeah, yeah. Including IV drip vitamins and everything. And you know, that wasn't okay with the the narrative because there was a narrative that said, we are no longer talking about the H word. 
it's the word that should not be spoken now because it's August 2020 and we're done with that narrative. And uh, look, I wasn't paying attention to national narratives. I was just following what was actually happening. So I followed what what they were, you know, put out what they said they were doing on the ground, got viciously attacked for it. My bosses wrote up a false defamatory memo about me. Uh, it, it was a letter of warning that threatened to fire me. They put it permanently in my file. So to, to amongst the Fox executives to defame me. Now, I was being courted by the higher ups at, at the time. I worked for Fox Corp led by Lachlan Murdoch. Fox News is a part of that, you know, Fox News, Fox Nation, all the major Fox local stations. I was in the Fox Court family and Fox News had had me to visit. So I was like, okay, I may be moving up in this company. And now here they throw this dagger in my file unjustly because I allowed a doctor to say something that he uses that was against the narrative. So I was very alarmed by that. But at the same time, we were seeing unprecedented censorship in America. And I spoke out publicly about that and said, look, journalism can't exist in a free society because, or journalism, sorry, journalism can't exist in a censored society because journalism is pursuit of truth, no matter what, the free ability to find truth anywhere and report it no matter what it is. And if there's censorship in there, it's no longer journalism. And so we must stand up against censorship as journalists. Well, that led to a barrage of backfire of people coming after me as well. And my boss said, Ivory, you cannot, you cannot say anything against censorship. And I said, look, that's the bread and butter of our business. Are you kidding me? So we had this huge disagreement. They, they try to uh, kind of punish me and, uh, and pressure me on that topic as well. But, if there is anything a journalist should be biased towards, it's free speech. Right. Well, so that that's where it began. Those were the two major things where I said, I have got to get out of this company. Yeah. And then more more meta narratives formed throughout the rest of the year that we could talk about too. Well, you know, <laughs> okay. no, well, a couple of things quickly. I I don't blame you for lose, leaving Fox. I mean, <laughs> who wouldn't? Says, and, says and, the Democrat. And, yeah, and censorship at Fox? No. Are you kidding? No way. Not at Fox. No. But but here's the other thing. Uh, we'll we'll get to my cynicism about that. But uh, not to well, playing devil's advocate, I guess we're just just keeping it real. That was a drug that was being pushed that a lot of people were dying from. That some um, orange face idiot was pushing and had no uh, real knowledge of the drug and its um, um, side effects and things of that nature. So, and then you had some crack, some quack doctors pushing the damn thing too. So. Uh, do you understand why y- y- your bosses and other folks didn't want to hear about a drug that had been killing people along with uh, being told to use bleach and other disinfectants to kill COVID? Uh, no, this is this is what the doctor was using. And by the way, that study we're talking about people dying, people were not or people were not getting hurt or dying from hydroxychloroquine. It's been uh used safely for decades uh, to fight malaria in Africa. One of my very best friends grew up taking it uh, to to fight malaria in Africa. Uh, Now, the study that was published last summer was actually fake and it was uh, retracted after it was blasted out throughout the media. So that was basically a propaganda study that smeared uh, hydroxychloroquine as something dangerous when it wasn't. It had been a safe drug for years. Um, well. And my my company published the update saying, look, this is this was a bad study Our bad. It's been retracted. Um, so what I learned uh, as boots on the ground journalist was that doctors Many, many doctors were secretly prescribing. It had become so controversial that they wouldn't tell anyone they were prescribing it. But again, Ivory, if you had Uh, you have a you had a guy pushing it along with other use telling telling you to use other disinfectants. He wasn't wasn't pushing it. Donald Trump was absolutely pushing it along with using disinfectants. Oh, I thought you were talking about the not the uh, doctor, not not your doctor, because I'm sure your doctor knew what he was talking about. But I'm saying when you had Donald Trump pushing that 
along with other disinfectants to be used to cure COVID or uh, to kill, cure COVID. I mean, you can understand the apprehension of folks wanting to hear. Uh, and then you had that 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 black woman doctor who uh, claimed she used it and it cured something else that she had. It was curing everything. So, yeah, I mean, I, I talked, actually talked to her recently. She's still prescribing it. She has she's nuts. Uh, she's nuts. She's nuts. She's a she's a voodoo doctor. Where is she from? New Orleans? I mean, give me a break. Uh, she's she, not serious. She lives, in, she lives in Houston, but she's originally from Africa, where, like I said, it's been prescribed for decades. And she has more patients than ever now. Well, yeah, yeah and, and we'll see how long they all live. We'll see how long they live. In the, in the mainstream doc, uh, mainstream hospitals, uh, people are not getting their treatment. And so many people are being turned away and say, come back if you get super sick. Oh, you're super sick now? Okay, straight to the ER and we're going to slap a ventilator on you. Which, by the way, I think the survival rate from ventilators in new york was 12 percent. oh it's bad you don't want to be on the ventilator that's no yeah, you know there's studies that show that ventilators lead to infection you actually die from an infection from the ventilator not from COVID. absolutely yes so, but yes the issue with fox was that i i did nothing wrong i i was sent to a hospital to ask what they were doing there the doctor said what he was doing and then i was punished for what the doctor said that was very wrong. Not only punished, but they made up lies about me. They pretended that they had banned me from covering COVID treatment two weeks prior to that. They had never banned me from covering COVID treatment. Why would they send me to a COVID hospital if they created that ban? So they made they made up lies about me to taunt me into fitting this unspoken narrative that I was supposed to understand and go with. What do you think that I mean, it's Fox, uh, but but do you think that it had a lot to do with um, uh, sexism? I mean, women journalists, uh, 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 be it they're black or white, they tend to uh, not be treated or peep even be paid as uh, well as their male counterparts. So do you think that a lot of it had to do with sexism? Well, the industry, I mean, a lot of those Fox women, you know, and, and uh, have been suing Rupert and, and, and other fools that uh, are handsy. So, I mean, again, seriously, do you think that a lot that sexism had anything to uh, a part in it? TV news has really changed where women dominate now. Uh, most newsrooms are predominantly female. There's a multitude of female bosses, both my news director and assistant news director are female. Uh, in Fox, uh, at Fox, uh, they were, I, I should say, my prior bosses. I don't work for them anymore. Yeah. Um, when I was at Care 11 in Minneapolis, both of those bosses were female as well. I, I primarily had female bosses. Most of the reporters and on-air talent are female. And women dominate the industry. Are so, you saying no? That's another false narrative that that's going around is that women are victims. In, well, in well, well, wait, 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 Ivory. We keep, no, no, no. I can't let you say there's a false narrative because I know black women journalists that have suffered from uh, sexual harassment and harassment. So I'm not, you can't say that that's a false narrative because women are treated differently uh, to get different I, jobs. Okay. Sexual harassment sometimes happens. It has never happened to me in my good. nine years. That's great. That's great. Seriously. Talent, I can't talk. Great. From first-hand experience, I can't talk about that. I can tell you that racial minorities in TV have a giant advantage compared to white people. That is a They fact. do? When I, absolutely. When I was at CARE 11, I met with my agent. I was with I was with one of the top agents in the country. I flew out to LA, got lunch with him in Hollywood, mm -hmm. and I said, what's going on? I need a TV job. And he opens up this giant binder of all the job openings in America and everything that the bosses are looking at, looking for there. And race was mentioned. They want so quotas. Every, of I mean, Ivory, come on. The job opening was Ivory, don't no, play brand new. That the bosses were asking for black and Hispanic. Yeah, but don't come on. I, Ivory, don't play. I know you might be trying. I know you might be wooing for a new job or something. I don't know. She's independent, man. But okay, She's but no okay, job. okay, but come on now. Let's not play brand new. You know damn well that these stations want quotas. They have to put some black and brown faces on TV now. Otherwise, you're gonna get bombarded. They're gonna get bombarded with them not having equal opportunities for that. I mean, let's just keep it real. I I I, I know. Uh, I don't. One of my friends, one of my close friends, works for uh, a network here. Okay, male. Um. 
and excuse me too, he too was treated differently. He wasn't treated, he wasn't when he came in given a great job and a great salary. No, he had to work his way up to the top. And it took a little longer than it took his white counterparts who I'll say too much, then you know where they were. So, so one of the things that I wanted to, to kind of throw out, you know, our dynamic on the show, um, you know, I want to be able to let Jamar have the things that are important to him. I want to be able to have the things that are important to me. Um, I think it's, it's pointless to be in a fighting match, a shouting match all the time. But um, I, I think that, you know, I see exactly what you're talking about in regards to narratives, right? So when, when you talk about the narrative, it's that, you push certain aspects of a story. It doesn't mean that it's 100% false. It's that you are going to cherry pick information to push a specific set um, of beliefs because you have a specific stated goal, right? And so if I'm if I um, I'm sitting there, I'm like, what can I do to, to help this industry? And I get together with some of the other people and I say, you know, here's what we need to do. We need, we need to really showcase this thing. And then that starts to take off. So the question I had for you is that, you know, when you were doing, I don't, I don't know what the technical term is, but, um, you know, when you guys huddled before you, you go out for your assignments for the day or whatever, right? Um, was there was there ever anything where it's like, here's the things that we want to touch on. Here's the things we want to stay away from. I know that every network's probably going to be different. Every station's going to be different. Some might give you a lot of brevity. Some might say, like, here's the things that we need you to specifically cover. Um, but I'm just curious, like, from your experience, are those conversations that happen of like, we need to get this type of story out? Um, yeah, that definitely happened with vaccines, actually. And it's called the morning editorial meeting, by the way. So <laughs> That's what we need to start time. having. The morning editorial uh, evening editorial meeting. Yeah, so we would meet um, each morning on Zoom during the pandemic and you know, once vaccines rolled out, it was all about we need to get the message out of of convincing people to get the shot, which, by the way, is propaganda. People don't realize that's propaganda. Um, you need to keep your loyalty to the viewers and their concerns first, right, right, not right. to not not to a vaccine first. Right. And a lot of viewers had concerns whether this was the best thing for them. They had a lot of hesitancy about it. And that what the bosses did is aggressively ignore those concerns and questions. And so it actually created more lack, more of a lack of trust. And that what you're seeing with the great vaccine hesitancy right now, that has formed, I think, because of news outlets across the board, great resistance to answering basic questions that viewers have about the shot yeah you know one of, one of the things one of the things that um you know I'm, I'm curious about when you talk about the viewers like let's let's talk about fundamental journalism like like when you think about a journalist the idea is that they want to go out there and they want to find um you know they want to try and answer questions and what you're saying is that the questions are coming from the people right like the viewers the people so someone might call in and say hey you know um i'm really concerned about this and you get a couple of different people calling and you're like that is interesting i want to dig deeper so you know just to be clear um a, a journalist that's worth their weight in salt isn't necessarily looking for a specific end or a means to their to their story right you're just like hey i heard that there's something going on I'm going to go take a look and see what it is and whether or not it ends up being that that thing was true or that thing was false. A journalist is just trying to find answers. Is that right? Would you say that's accurate? But are you being impeded by kind of, you know, the, the well, she worked for Fox. Of course she was overlords to not find the truth. She worked at Fox. Of course she was. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, it's that way with all big uh, news corporations, not us Democrats. Not, no, not no. Fox. yeah. It's yeah. All, MSNBC and, and it's just a beacon of truth. It, vaccines, it was all about con convincing. Now, propaganda's definition is selecting facts or selecting only certain facts or making up facts to convince for the purpose of persuasion. Right. Propaganda is for the purpose of persuasion. And that is what the vaccine narrative was. It was all about persuading people, whether they whether they thought it was best for them or not, convincing them no matter what to take this shot. 
So we are going to hide every adverse reaction. We're going to hide every death. Oh, there's a viral video on social media right now of people fainting and having seizures in their cars after the shot. Hide it, hide it, hide it. Act like it didn't happen. Oh, the CDC announced it's going to delete some of its transparency. You're no longer going to hear about all breakthrough cases. Hide it. Don't talk about it if it gets brought up. Yes, CDC is always right. So this weird narrative of like the CDC is God and we shall not question them and we're not going to talk about. And even when the CDC does list its number of deaths after vaccination, we're going to ignore those, not even mention those. And and it was it's like, gosh, if we just mention that, yeah, by the way, CDC says right now 7000 people have died after the shot. If we just put that out there, look, make up your own mind. This is how many people got the shot. This is how many people died. You make up your mind. If we did that, people would feel more comfortable. But Absolutely. the resistance from the meta narrative across the nation, the world right now to say, we shall not talk about these things. And if you do talk about it, you're shut down. That's creepy. It's what's happening to Nikki Minaj right now, by the way. She yeah. just got banned from tweeting. That's well, right. It, it, well, it really, it really only happens on it really only happens on Fox. But n- now, uh, uh, honestly, the I think that Let's remember, a ninety percent of those cases that have died of the vaccinated were they had underlying conditions as well too. So let me ask you specifically though, um, your boss or the, the I don't know who else, have you ever been told about a specific story to only come up, only say these specific things, only have these specific facts, only have this specific uh, uh, narrative, and anything else will get your butt in trouble? Have you ever, well, I mean, you work for Fox, I kind of know the answer, but, you know, you know, for, for our fans that don't know, uh, what? I'm just, I'm just saying. You just like, you just like the fact that when she left, when she left being well, listen, a, a corporate I, first journalist, all, that first it all, was against Fox Corp. I mean, I don't blame you her. Just, but I already, I already got, I'm already having an affinity for, for Ivory because she's lives in Texas and, and. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So I'm, this is already my girl, but again, you know, because you worked at Fox and they like to smother things. They like to suppress things. Like, I, I don't know how and why, but they do. But how, were you specifically ever told? To only go with this narrative about a specific story, you know, maybe be high profile. I'm just being silly, like you know, maybe O.J. Simpson or, or again, COVID. Were you only told to drive this narrative or else? Uh, yeah, when it came to COVID drug treatment, that I was not allowed to talk about treatment at all. After you know, after that incident last summer, they gave put me on a permanent ban from talking about the drugs, which. By the way, he, I mean, a lot of research was happening on what drugs to use. And suddenly I was banned from that. And by the way, when well, you look well, back well, on When that, you say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ivory. But when you say ban, specifically uh, explain ban. Ban from what? Like, I couldn't speak publicly about COVID drug treatment. So you couldn't. On TV or social media or anywhere. So, okay, meaning as in um, they no longer were sending you out with a crew anymore or. Oh, no, they, that funny thing is they still had me on COVID-related things. Okay. They, they had me covering development of the vaccine a lot. Um, okay. They had maybe if someone died. If someone died of COVID or something, I could talk about that. But I couldn't mention COVID drug treatment. So that That's was wild. very strange. Would they, would they, would, so, what, okay, let's be. say you did. I mean, I, I, let's say you did. Then, you know, what happened? Um, I, I would have either gotten written up or fired, you know. I, I had to get a lawyer to get that fake letter retracted from my file. But if I violate it again and another gossip storm happens, then I, I would probably get fired because my boss is told it, it wasn't just Houston. My boss was being forced by her bosses in New York to do things to me. Wow. So New York was very upset about this hydroxychloroquine narrative. They wanted to be done with it. They said, we're not talking about that. And then, you know, Fox did a bunch of strange things last summer to try to redirect some of the narratives. Um, I later talked to Ed Henry from Fox News Channel and found out that about the same time last summer that I was dealing with that with Fox, Fox News Channel, again, Lachlan Murdoch was his boss and my boss. Fox News Channel told him he couldn't ask certain questions. So I was banned from asking about COVID drug treatment. He was banned from asking his interview subject about kneeling during the anthem. Mm. They didn't want to talk about that controversy. Wait a minute. 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 You're about to be shook, dog. Yes. Wait a minute. You're about to Fox be shook. Didn't want to talk. Wait. 
Fox didn't want yeah, to talk about kneeling. The reason that Ed was given was that Fox was tired of towing the line for Trump. So they wanted to redirect it. Hot oh. damn, I like See, Fox they were, they were, now. They were buying, they they were buying into the get, thing, right? I like Fox right. now. They wanted to get with the rest of the national narrative, which goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, is that when you are outside of everyone else's narrative, you get picked on. And Fox was taking a lot of heat. So they said, you know what? We are done towing this line for 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 Trump. In fact, whatever he says, we'll try to do the opposite. That's smart. They got smart. I mean, he was saying a lot of idiotic things. So, what was the final straw for you when you? I mean, they were. I mean, they were like there was. Oh, when they when they wrote that fake letter about me last summer, that was the final straw. I sat there in my room and cried, realizing I am done with this company and this industry. Well, I didn't, I wasn't sure if I was done with the industry at the time, but as the months went on, I was like, yeah, I don't think it's going to be different anywhere else. So I, I, the final straw was last summer, but I was trapped in a contract Mm. that didn't even allow me to publicly say anything negative. I couldn't criticize my company publicly. So I'm I'm, I'm curious about that because I've, I've heard, um, uh, I watched I watched Tim cast all the time and you guys both were talking about some golden handcuff thing. Yeah. Like like what what does that mean? Like what's a golden handcuff? That's when they treat you even nicer to to keep you in your position with them. Cuz so, like what are they afraid of happening? That like um, like why do they, so they'd rather keep you and keep you silent and keep you happy. Yeah, but they, not happy. Is I that was, kind of thing? Look, is? I was a great reporter. I was always aggressive and you ambitious. You are and a great reporter. <laughs> What's that? I said you are a great reporter. Yeah, I, I, I know, but yeah, they they were they needed me, so they would. And and look, I they were successfully using me as a tool of of distraction and narrative for oh, Fox. a lot of it. And so, and I was getting tired of that. I was like, there's critical stories out here, and you're putting me on another meaningless story. But anyway, they they um. You think that they did Mike Wallace like that? Um, I no, I don't know Mike Wallace. I I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's dead, Chris. Chris, he's, he's, oh, Mike Chris Wallace. Dog. Dog. I was That's like, the dad. That's the dad. Yeah. yeah. You think that it did Chris Wallace like that? Um, I don't know. I didn't follow what what happened. Honestly, when I when I realized I was done with Fox, I literally shut them down. I used to watch the national and local news regularly from Fox. Yeah. And I shut them all off when I realized I was done. I stopped watching any of it. Well, hopefully now you will start voting for a Democrat too, as you know. So, since you've left Fox, so, you so, might as well so start voting Democrat. Ivory, so. Excuse me. <laughs> when when uh when I I guess thinking about your story about where you're going, there's been some things that have happened after you've left kind of the corporate news structure and you've went independent and one specific thing um i think you were speaking at some event and i don't was it cpac or something and did they cut your live feed was that was that a rumor did that actually happen did, did like fox news like cut your the the part of your speech from their broadcast is that was that something that happened um yeah yeah so <laughs> i was invited to speak at cpac so I, i'm speaking i was invited as a part of the whistleblowers with with the uh, project Veritas. Yeah. And so, you know, James O'Keefe introduced each of us and we all did like a one minute speech. I do this one minute little speech. It was a great speech about, about, <laughs> you know, the changing times of censorship. And I got, get off the stage and these ladies, multiple ladies are coming up to me furious saying my feed was cut. They're like my relative back home just called me and said that Fox Nation cut your feed when when you went up. And I was like, what the heck? So I just, um, you know, I was with my friend Jenny and she just recorded what these ladies were saying. We slapped it up on social media and like, and then it got shared all over. Then there were all these headlines about me, my feed getting cut. And I think, uh, you know, so one of the outlets actually reached out to Fox and said, what is the deal? You cut Ivor's feed. And they said, look, that was the end of our regularly scheduled live streaming. I guess Project Veritas's group was the last group to speak, and they had already planned to cut the feed at a certain time. Mm, yeah, right. Mm, yeah, right. Yeah. All Just all, at all perfect. <laughs> You don't, I, 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 you don't believe that. Don't please. You worked for Fox. I, I think it is interesting. Like just a simple note, right? Like any any person that's trying to be 
honest about finding the answers. They're willing to accept that sometimes coincidence happens, right? Like strange, weird things happen. But then you have to think about Occam's razor, right? Like mm, usually the most likely scenario is the one that happened. Um, and you know, being that there's beef and, and all that stuff that they found a convenient, like, yeah. So you'll never know, right? Until like if they came and said like, we cut your feed, but unless yeah. they do that, you'll never know. But yeah, so it's just little things like that that have been uh, kind of curious or interesting. Well, here's how we could help. You know, we, we need a, uh, uh, a journalist here. Uh, I, I prefer it to be uh, female. We don't pay well like Fox, um, <laughs> but we won't censor you. We don't pay at all. So well, okay, true, true. You, know, you, 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 you split some of the sponsorship with us, and we won't cut your feed, and we won't suppress any story that you want to do. So and 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 then you might as well vote Democrat. I mean, damn it, why not? <laughs> why not, Ivory? Come on over. Come on over. I mean, you you know I you. I never talk about how I vote. Oh, see so you. Oh, you not now you are Republican. Oh my God! Of course you're Republican. <laughs> you know what? You, you know, Only I, Republicans say that this crap. Is, no, that's not true. So what I what I you don't is, say who you vote. No, for? No, check this out. So let's imagine a scenario, right? And and Ivory, you don't have to answer one way or another. But let's say that Ivory is popular among people that are right of center. Okay, like that's just the truth. What if they found out that she did vote Democrat and then she loses all them, right? Or the opposite, right? Maybe she's found like this this base of support that's in, you know, the moderate centrist and they find out she voted Trump and then loses that. So I think it's actually smart um, for for folks that are trying to keep themselves separate. Ed Henry being, is being not separate. We know who Ed, we know Ed Henry is a, a is no, a I'm just saying, I raging, idiotic Republican. Sure. I, I personally like when someone just goes out there and they, they, no, do, I know where you they vote. do their thing. And it, if you decide that you want to be know where you vote. if you want to be political, then be political. I want to know where you vote at because, I mean, listen, I want to <laughs> know where he or she votes at. I want to know where her heart's at. Because, listen. Her heart? So your heart is tied to where you vote? Come yeah, on, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Because, oh, guess, excuse me. Can I, I love my mother and she voted for Joe Biden this Smart time. Lady. last time and she, she voted, voted for Trump. Well, you know, she, you, you, yeah, you know, you probably bound and gagged her and took her to the no, damn no, voting poll. No, no, she actually wanted to change her vote because my younger brother convinced her because he was orange man bad. And I said, well, he was, you made the wrong decision. She's like, actually, I want to change my vote. But Minnesota, and there was like not there was like three weeks before, it was all stupid. But my point is, no. you, you can't assign your heart based off of your Listen, vote. I mean, here's what, here's what I'm saying, though, seriously. I think that I want to know, I like to know what journalists, uh, uh, well, I mean, when they're on a specific network, I mean, you can kind of tell where they, where they lean, <laughs> or unless it's Shepard's, what's the name, Shepard Smith. Smith, and you know. Well, what about him? Well, we knew he, I mean, but you could tell the way Shepard spoke that he was a Democrat. There was no way he was high, because he, when he had Republicans on, he would check them. Okay, he wouldn't let you come on with BS on the show or, or Democrats. What I'm saying, especially Republicans, he didn't let you come on. As you said, uh, Ivory, with the propaganda, he didn't allow that. So I said, uh, that guy's not going to last a Fox pretty long. <laughs> and did he? Nope. <laughs> nope. He's, a, he, he's somewhere uh, floundering on MSNBC. But uh, Ivory, <laughs> did I, what, what? What did I say? No, I, I honestly. But, you know, it was funny. Yeah, so I was. Project Veritas invited me to all of these speaking events this summer, which I was happy to do. I was grateful to them for telling my story and, and getting it out there. Telling my story actually liberated me from Fox. That's the way that I got out of the contract. So I was really grateful to them. And I was like, sure, I'll go. They didn't sue you? But look, no, they didn't. Uh, no. Ha, ha, ha. no, no, no. I'm not I'm being funny. I mean, oh, you're talking about Fox. Yeah, I'm saying Fox. Oh, I thought you meant Project Veritas. No, no, no. I mean Fox. So how did you? Okay, because now if you had an ironclad contract, how were you able to quit? Um, and that's, uh, oh, going live, going, calling them out live on TV and that going so viral, they were like, oh my gosh, we have no choice but to fire her and obliterate the contract. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah. I, I never explained that. So yeah. Like you were like a live shot, like when they check in right before it and you're like, and blah, blah. And you give like a little 10 second clip and then back to you in the studio and you just like, boom, drop the bomb. Right. That's basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You should have brought that clip. I wanted to see that. I know. I should have thought you brought that. So look, uh, you know, there, I mean, you could always come back here. You know, we could use you here in the cities. You know, there's a lot of crap going on right here that you could be reporting on. You know, <laughs> COVID. No, I had a great two years in Minneapolis when I worked for Care 11. Did but you? yeah, I hear it's a wild west out there now. It's so You're damn right. And wild. wait a minute, you, you know, Care 11 is a liberal station, right? 
Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> so <laughs> you were kind of you were kind of running around there like a uh, t- uh, with your hair on fire. I'm guessing, right? <laughs> no, actually, they they didn't try to control me like Fox did. They ha- they had now, this what did I say? Democrats don't do that. Yes, yeah. they do. Well, Minnesota's just too nice. Yeah. To oh, that passive aggressive crap kills me. That's what it is. <laughs> Give me a break. You know, I, 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 we don't have much time with you here, though. Um, so what are you doing now? I mean, are you working for another network? Or I mean, I know you're an independent journalist, but does that mean you can go okay. do shots for CBS, MSNBC, blah, blah, blah? What's specifically um, meaning? I could, but, you know, most of corporate media hates me now. Cause no, I seriously. Fox, I called out everyone. I called oh. out everyone. They're all guilty of what Fox was doing. So they are scared to have me on. The oh. independent media loves me. They've had me on a lot. I'm, I now founded my own website, ivoryhecker.com, which is a, a video uh, forward website. I'm dropping video reports and, and uh, interviews all the time. Uh, you should do a podcast. Yeah, I, no, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start podcasting on YouTube. They just, uh, they suspended me for two weeks because they didn't <laughs> like some of my coverage. But <laughs> you are getting expelled, expelled, <laughs> suspended. Because, like this is the best, you are bad right? to the bone. Like the best part, right? Like I, I've, I've known Ivory. Like we were both going to University of Minnesota, Sky Umag, Go Gophers at the oh, same please. time for for like a like a year or something. And um, you know, the thing that's always been interesting to me is. You you stand by like you're I'll, I'll say you're very convicted in what it is you're like you believe right like you are strong in your beliefs but you've never been the person to like force what you believe on other people and even back in college you I what I remember is that you always wanted to like hear and listen like that was just something that I always thought about you like just from my interactions with you is that you were always curious to hear kind of what people's story was and so I've always appreciated that um about you as I kind of followed you through through your career I I hope that there's uh you know the fresh beginning you know anybody that's listening to to this podcast definitely go to ivoryhecker.com check out what ivory's got going on she's hilarious to follow on instagram she's got good information that's coming out and will you um, have us on i mean i mean you should yeah, have if us you get a podcast yeah, you're right. i should totally have you guys on yeah, you, every, let me t- yeah. and let me tell you why because every damn show needs some color i'm just telling you now okay yes. You know, you got this. You got this beautiful dress on. You got to look. Let me see too. This is how I know that you're a journalist. Your background is pretty damn fierce. When I'm on Zoom, I try to look for a little area in the house like that. I mean, in the crib. I mean, you got this down pack. This is great. I mean, you look like you're ready for uh, MSNBC. Oh, it's my new. It's my new little studio. I. I'm waiting on a picture that's going to go behind me right now. It's well, I hope it isn't Trump. You're going to put uh, Uncle Joe behind you. <laughs> That's how you earn some brownie points. You know, just a generic city. So not, oh. so not well, you, you want to put Dallas. Don't put Houston behind you. Put Come Dallas. On, just put like a giant. Put like, Dallas behind Wisconsin, you. This is between Wisconsin me and her. Excuse me. Cheese heads. Yeah. What did you say, Negro? She's a Packers. You're a Packers fan? Yeah, oh, bless, yeah. bless your heart, sweetheart. I mean, y'all can't muster up a three damn points with the rudest quarterback <laughs> in the league. I mean, you know, you're bad. You're, you're that man. was the one good part about the Vikings losing. Was that the, was the, the Packers? Lost. I know, right? That's why. And so, me and my homeboys, when the, when the Cowboys lose, I'm like, "Well, did your team win?" And so, the way that you guys lost, I can't wait to get to the barbershop on Friday. Ooh. Oh, I mean, yeah. And I'm glad the Packers lost because the guys that I call the morning Saturday show, yeah. there's a Packers fan. He's the yeah, biggest yeah, yeah, yeah. fan, Dave Sinekin. And then Trent Tucker is a Giants and uh, a Vikings fan. So yeah. everybody seemed lost. Yeah, including exactly. mine. Yeah. So it's like no one could do it. No one has any bragging rights. And of course, oh, is that why you got on that damn color tonight? I here I am complimenting oh, your dress, dress. Packer gold or whatever. Yeah, what the Packer hell? Gold. All of the Vikings have the same gold. That's in true. No, that's true. Well, that, hey, thank you so true. much, Ivory, for uh, for joining the show. Um, appreciate you. We no, love please, to have absolutely. you back at another time. Uh, yeah. yeah, you guys have a great podcast going. Oh, hey, thank you. Hey, thank you now, and, and let me tell you something. If if you happen, to, if they are smart and you go back on Fox, please come back on and then give us all of the tea, as our folks say. I mean, spill, spill all the tea. So let me. I know we got one minute here with you. Let me tell the truth. What's the What's the lady's name? The big. Uh, she left. Um, Megan Kelly. Yeah, I mean, not for real. What's she like though? Is she Is she Is she mean oh, like Leona Hemsley? Actually meet, uh, no. Megan. Because I was in Houston and she was in New That's York. True. That's true. Damn. Yeah. So come on, come on. You got you got two minutes to tell us some gossip about someone that you don't want to name that you got a story about. <laughs> come on, Ivory. That's come on, Ivory. 
Oh, oh my God. Tell us a juicy story really quick. Come on. Don't name any names. But we got to know. Someone famous. I mean, the issue is with my, bo- my boss at Fox. She still works there. Nothing happened to the actual corrupt people I called out. And that's really telling of the company. Yeah. Because my boss has dirt on her bosses. So they need to protect her. Now she has the big golden handcuffs. And they're still running the propaganda machine. Uh, I don't think we can say golden handcuffs. Well, it's after nine. Maybe. Oh, (laughs) no, not golden shower, dog. Oh, damn. It's golden something. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So that's that's what you need to realize is they are still running the propaganda machine. The person who was for truth is the one that they fired. And they're doing a great a, a lot of work to try to repair their reputation at Fox. Uh, they've done it. They they were the primary sponsors of a bunch of conservative events this summer to try to win back their base as ratings have plummeted, and they haven't changed. So you need to be aware of that. Randy no Bravo. Any any of the other corporations. One of any our other corporations. It's worse. So just independent journalism is the wave of the future. What you guys are doing with an independent podcast, this is all where it's at. This is where the audiences are going. I mean, I'm a smart guy. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm smart. So we're at the part of the show where we're just going to kind of pull up some of the comments that folks have said. And, uh, yeah, just so this guy named Ricky Bravo, he's he's loving on you, saying you are awesome journalist, you're a combat journalist, um, and uh, that you're awesome, you're a real journalist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, people are so supportive. Yeah. Yeah, it's been wonderful. The people are sick. Of the fake news. Uh, well, so don't I, say I, that now. Damn, you kind of spoiled it when you say that. <laughs> Damn, Ivory. You were doing so good. Don't yeah, use that I was, phrase. I was at CARE 11 when the the news outlets started to saying, okay, fake, fake news is going around on Facebook. Beware of fake news on Facebook, guys. And Trump said, you know what? There is a lot of fake news out there. And he grabbed that fake news narrative and took it away from the news corporations. And then his name got placed with the word fake news. But it's true. Uh, the fake, fake news is rampant. No matter who coined the term, which the corporate media originally coined the term, now they're guilty of doing it. Um, so that's why people are turning to alternative voices to get away from the narrative. They see right through it. Yeah. Well, you got a home right here uh, at uh, Black Republican, Black Democrat, anytime that you want. Again, we will not suppress you. We don't suppress anything right here. We swear occasionally, but because we have a lady present, I decided to watch my mouth. And so, well, chivalry. Let me get you next time we're on. I'll get you like a a helmet, some chain mail. You can be Uh, Sir Sir Jamar over here. Excuse me. Don't hate me because I have manners. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Ivory, thank you so much. Seriously, please come back and um, you know keep your head up. You're uh, you are a great journalist. He tells me a lot of great things about you, and the type of work that you're doing is what um, journalism, real journalism, is about, and it's what uh, um, people yearn for is. Um, journalism that doesn't have a narrative to it it just tells the real story and so thank god for people like you and so keep your head up and keep up the great work thanks, thanks ivory. so much i appreciate that thank you ivory thanks guys that was a good show man. it was great having ivory on you i mean uh, are you surprised that fox suppresses anything come on am i su- no I, i'm actually not surprised because oh, please I think i think here's where the the, the narrative is true right when we, we everybody you know talks about fake news or whatever i think it's important to understand that there's i would say more or less corporate interests of like here's the thing that that the corporations want to be able to push and control and then there's non-corporate interests and non-corporate interests can go all types of way non-corporate interests can go left it can go right it can go right down the middle it's just the difference between corporate interests and non-corporate interests and and i'd say non-corporate interests are just the interests of the people man Mm -hmm. and that's the problem is that whether it's NBC, Fox, no. whatever. It's it's the corporate interest, the corporate narrative versus what people want. And it, there's a direct, con, you know, it's a direct fight. And that's why independent journalists and media are doing so well because people are waking up and they're saying, man, like this story doesn't necessarily make sense. And it's just the truth, bro. Yeah, the truth is Fox suppresses. And thank God she got out. She was smart. <laughs> One day I'll convince you about the difference in corporate and, uh, you know, everybody else, man. Yeah, no time soon. (laughs) Thank you for coming. (laughs) Good show, bro. Thank you, bro. I'm Jamar Nelson. I'm A.K. Kamara. Watch us next week. Next week, same time, same place. 8 o'clock, tell your friends. Hide your kids, hide your wives.